0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is uh, September the 22nd, 2022. Uh, In a very complicated world, Brazil is increasingly becoming An interesting story, not just in itself, Brazilian politics, but as the canary in the coal mine when it comes to the rise and perhaps even the fall of authoritarianism. My guest today, uh, Lilia Moritz Schwartz, is the uh, author of a new book, Brazilian authoritarianism. She's an authority on Brazilian politics. She has many books out about uh, Brazilian history and politics. She teaches both in Brazil and Princeton and she's joining us from new york um lilia welcome uh, could you talk a little bit about how you view today the current situation in terms of uh, uh in terms of bolsonaro's possible re-election what's your reading i know it's changing on a daily basis
1: yeah uh, thank you for invi- your invitation, Andrew. It's a pleasure. Uh, the situation, the current situation in Brazil, it's very complicated. We are going to have the first round of elections in October 2. And at the moment, the moment we are speaking, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, Lula, from the Labor's Party, uh, it's winning. Uh, Bo- Bo- Bolsonaro. It's in the second place, but he really uh, do not does not accept it. So he is trying to show that uh, polls are incorrect, that he does not trust. So you know this kind of story with Trump. So Trump is a kind of Bible to Bolsonaro. So Brazil is very much polarized. Uh, there, uh, some people from oppositions are receiving lots of intimidations. Or uh, people that Bolsonaro, people that follow Bolsonaro, they are trying to uh, create a kind of mess in Brazil in order to avoid elections and the results. But Lula has chances to win in the first round. It's difficult to say but things are changing in a very quick way.
0: Right, and and when people listen to this, things may have changed even more dramatically. As you say, uh, Lilia, um, there's all sorts of weird uh, mirrors, reflections on the United States. Uh, as with the election of Trump, there's a the fear that Bolsonaro will reject the election, a fear of uh, January 6th-style mob violence. That's why this matters so much to the United States, not of course, not just to the United States, but around the world, as it happens, the Chinese are getting behind Bolsonaro and I'm also guessing Putin, although he's probably busy with other stuff at the moment. Um, To what extent do you see this election in Brazil as a broader referendum on the legitimacy and viability, not just of Brazilian authoritarianism, but authoritarianism around the world?
1: You know that since 2016, uh, we have a kind of wave, a very conservative uh, wave of uh, people that do not trust Constitution, do not believe in rights. So I think that uh, Brazil's case is very interesting for all over the world. I mean, United States, uh, Europe, and also Latin America, because Brazil used it to be, for 30 years after the military regime, used it to be a, a democracy. And then Bolsonaro, that he is in power now for four years, he's trying to, de- to really to destroy the ed- public education, public health. Uh, uh he is putting uh, the, brazil has like the biggest military uh, regime it's biggest than during the, the, the dictatorship so brazil's case is very important to understand the future of this kind of dirigent this kind of leader that wants to to criticize democracy that wants to To make make, take it back the authoritarian way of dealing. Bolsonaro is very religious. He's very misogynist. He's very racist, and he's arming the population. So the similarities, the, the 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 process are very similar. And Bolsonaro suffered a lot when Trump lost elections. He was one of the last to recognize Biden as the president of the United States. And Bolsonaro is like this. He, he was in Manhattan yesterday and he said he, he does not believe in researchers, public researches, that he is in front of Lula, he, that he will win. So the, all this kind of strategics to impose his person to create this kind of chaos in the country so i think that the world is trying to understand what's going to what's going to happen in brazil but lula is creating a big uh... it's
0: lula um lilia and, and i want to talk about your book and you're a historian you're not a political scientist so you have a much deeper i think understanding of brazil but Could Lula, da Silva, is he seen in Brazil or is he regarded like Biden essentially simply as the pluralist opponent to Bolsonaro? And whether people like da Silva or not, they're willing to vote for him because they want to vote against Bolsonaro?
1: Yeah, that's very much the picture in Brazil because uh, PT, the Labour's Party, has lots of rejection in Brazil. But after four years, lots of people that are, you have lots of people that are very much uh, against PT, that it's going to vote to Lula. Because Bolsonaro was the end of the end. The the country will not survive other four years with Bolsonaro. It it would be, uh, inflation is like, Uh, hell, unemployment, Amazon is burning. Uh, So every corner you try to look, you are going to see uh, that Bolsonaro tried to destroy the country and he's very corrupt. So, and he's trying to avoid to be judged, him and he has three sons that are the same. So you see that Trump has a family Bolsonaro has family, all of them in politics, and all of them avoiding to to trust in democracy.
0: Lilia, the history of Brazil and the history of America are in some ways similar, history of slavery, of deep racism, of profound inequality, although I think the history of democracy in America is perhaps clearer than in Brazil. Your new book, Brazilian Authoritarianism, Past and Present, to what extent is Bolsonaro an attempt to resurrect those profound inequalities of race and of economics and of gender and perhaps even religion in the history of the country?
1: Yeah, I published this book in Brazil first in, uh, it was May 2019. And the book was considered the first reaction to Bolsonaro's government. But in the book, the name of Bolsonaro appeared just once because I think Bolsonaro is a symptom. He's not the cause. He's a kind of consequences. So the book has two uh, great hypotheses. The first one is that our present is full of past. And the second one is that... For those that reacted for uh, Bolsonaro's election at the end of 2018 with a big surprise, I'm always saying that's not a surprise. Brazil is a violent and authoritarian country. Like United States, we were a colonial country, but like United States, we had slaves, but Brazil was the last country to abolish the slave system just in 1888. But different from the united states we had slaves all over the country there was not such a division between north and south so uh the slave uh, uh slavery was naturalized in in the country and created this kind of language social social language of inequality social language of difference so uh, and Brazil was always a very authoritarian country because the country as in the United States was divided, had big plantations with owners that uh, were everything, were the law, the, the they were the priests, they were everything. And this kind of, uh, of social basis are still, you can still see it in Brazil. Racism is very strong, misogynist is very strong in the country. Uh, problems with Amazon, problems with native people. So uh, in the book, I try to show not that uh, you have, if you understand the past, you can understand the present. But I, I, I try to show how this kind of historical background explains a lot the, uh, the, our situation nowadays.
0: Uh, we've done a number of shows, um, Lilia, about this rise of authoritarianism. One with the um, American historian Ruth B- uh, ben on who's the author, I'm sure you're familiar with, her book on, on strong men. She focuses on Mussolini, but of course many implications in her book, not just about Mussolini, but about Trump and Bolsonaro. To what extent do you see Bolsonaro as as the revenge, if not of power, in Moises Naim's language, but the revenge of of men under assault from all the forces of modernity?
1: I think that they are very nostalgic people, people that think that the rights we conquered during 30 years from 1988 on, they Really think that they are dealing with people that are stealing them. Women are stealing them. <laughs> Black people are stealing them. Native people are stealing them. They are very much against this gender issue, as they call it. So they really think that they they do, they do not have if they do not have money, they do not have a better job. It's because of this. And they, they are like people that want to uh, go back. And they are very much for uh, dictatorship. They want, uh, Bolsonaro keep talking about giving a coup d'etat. He, he talks about this every day, almost every day. And uh, he, he adores the militars. He uses to say that the military regime is the best. And so, yes, he is the revenge. He and the Bolsonarism, as we call, the, the people that are very loyal to Bolsonaro. And I think, you know, they, they call him like myth. So you can imagine <laughs> what kind of followers he has, no? Uh, they they like to, to see him like a god, like a god on earth. So, it's, a, it's very strange for us, for us Brazilians. We didn't see that, that coming. We saw it in the United States, in Hungary, in Poland, everywhere, but we really did not see. And Bolsonaro uh, was in power for a long time. For In this sense, he is different from Trump because he was a congressman for 28 years. And in, in the, he did not lie. He always talked about L- LGBT people. People always talked about black people, but the how Brazilians could uh, could selected this kind of president, you no, know, and how he stayed in power. You no, know, we have more than one hundred uh, uh, in- impeachment process, and he's still there.
0: Uh, Lilia, you're a historian. You 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 know a great deal about the history of fascism inside and outside latin america of all these authoritarian this new wave of authoritarian leaders bolsonaro to me at least seems the most classically fascist what's your take on that
1: yeah of course he is he has this kind of uh legenda like uh, god nation and power so God, nation and family. And he says things like this. For example, when he went to the burial of the uh, Queen Elizabeth, he talked about her wife, his wife like my princess. He's a beauty, he's a kind of doll. And he talks about evangelical churches like ours. Yeah. Church. And he never thinks that a president must uh, must talk with all the people? No, he talks just with the people that he that he says they are elected. So he is completely fascist. But he's a new kind of fascism, no fascism, because it's a kind of populist fascism and electronic populist fascism because he's as Trump was it's very strong in internet it's very strong in all this kind of medias and does not respect newspaper he's attacking the press all the time disrespecting the press mainly women no
0: yeah and we've done some shows about uh, authoritarianism and uh the masculine ideology in india we did one uh, on modis india and the role of women yeah. to what extent obviously you're a woman to what extent is modi a profound challenge to independent women in, in brazil the idea of a woman having a career of having their own life perhaps even having a vote
1: yeah, he's completely, he's not going to do it. I don't know if you know, Andrew, but uh, he is running for, women are not voting on him.
0: So he's trying some, I, I, I mean, um, sorry to interrupt, Lilia, but some women must. I mean, this is a man who's, who, who's getting tens of millions of votes, whether one likes him or not. Is it just men voting for him?
1: No, 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 no. Don't let me try to to explain it better. Uh, He's very much rejected among women Uh, and he's trying to do his most to attract women, but he's doing the opposite. For example, uh, we had just one public debate, presidential debate, and there was a journalist, Vera Magalhães, that asked him about uh, the the, polit- the government politics about COVID-19, and he was completely mad. He said, you are a shame. You women are impossible. So what I'm trying to say, and it's very interesting to see the polls, is that I'm not saying that women are not voting on him, but he is, that Lula has much, much, much bo- votes from coming from women than Bolsonaro. He's very much a macho man. <laughs> He's very much this kind of authoritarian man that I speak in my book, no? A very violent one, a very uh, one that uh, wants to subordinate women. That want uh, sh- a
0: couple <laughs> more questions, Lilia, and because I know you got to run, uh, you're very busy because of the election. Um, Brazil is notoriously, I've been to the country several times, is notoriously, particularly for outsiders, a very violent country. It was violent before Bolsonaro. It seems to be more violent today. Uh, t- to what extent is the election just a referendum on Bolsonaro and more about the, the broader contours of Brazilian society, inequality, violence, political freedom and so on?
1: I think in 2018, when Bolsonaro was elected, he was elected because he played this role of the anti-system candidate. And also because he promised that Brazil would be less violent and i agree with you it's it, this is a very important platform brazil is a vi- very violent country as i have a chapter in the book about violence and vi- i'm talking about violence everywhere in the country in the cities in the in the amazon in the south you have no place it's a very insecure country so i'm not saying that it's not this is a not good isn't a good go. it's a very good one. The problem is that Bolsonaro is arming the people, mainly in the south of the country. And you know that researchers are showing that if you have more guns, you are, you are becoming a more violent country. So um, I have no doubt that Bolsonaro was elected in 2018 because of it. But I think that now there is a kind of reaction uh, because population can see that it's not happening, it's not working. The country un- uh, the, the inequality is worse in the country because Bolsonaro took off money from educational uh sector all all every if you talk about public education it's the worst government since uh I think the 60s. You no. Know? So I think people is changing. It's really a problem in Brazil. Inequality is not in, a D, in the DNA of Brazilians. It's an historical and social problem, and we need a, a president that would face it, would deal with this, not with guns. No.
0: Final question, Lilian. I, I appreciate the time uh, you've given me on, on, on in this conversation. Um, you know that Brazilians need to face reality. Every country lies to itself about its history, its identity. The Americans do it as as much as anyone. But my sense of Brazil is it's a country that prides itself on its sunniness, its happiness, its music, its generosity. And that certainly exists. As I said, I've been to the country several times. I've had many, I have many Brazilian friends But it seems as if Brazil, more than most countries, is incapable of coming to terms with its complicated history, Uh, that it isn't just a sunny, happy place. Do you think that if Brazil is to really escape authoritarianism, not just Bolsonaro, but Bolsonaroism, that it needs to be more honest with itself? It needs to come to terms with its dark history?
1: I think so. I start my book saying that Brazilians think that they are the most uh, happiest country, most peaceful country. Everyone says we have just one war, the Paraguay War. We we do not recognize that we had rebellions and insurrections all over the history. Brazilians. They do not want to talk about the slave system. It's a very strong question, a lot of silences in Brazil. So I think Brazil Brazilians have to take a photo, a new photo, you know, and try, they, we have to see, we have to try to be honest with us. We have to see that we are not just a tropical country or as i say in the book that even god is brazilian god is not brazilian (laughs) so it's time to wake up no it's time Maybe, Andrew. I don't know. I I always say that I am uh, skeptical in the, the the short view and optimist in the long view. But maybe we have ch- after four years with this president, it's it was such such a difficult moment for Brazilian. It was a kind of shame. So maybe it's time to wake up. Stay, it's mainly it's time to to look up, look for us. Like we are a very violent country, an equal country, but with a lot of potentiality, no, a lot of hope. <laughs> we must be, we must be brave now, no, <laughs> in order to face with other glasses, no. <laughs>